Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Wild Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Albert, a counseling astrologer, life coach, holistic cycle educator, and yoga and meditation teacher based in Northern Ontario, Canada. of the Wild Astrology podcast airs on May 20th, 2022, and this episode I'm sharing the cosmic love letter for Gemini season. And so here I'm sharing astro education on all things Gemini. I'm highlighting some astrology transits for Gemini season. I'm also offering tips for navigating the cycles of the universe. You'll also see that I'm sharing some reflection questions to encourage contemplation. Now, before we go on to the content for today's episode, I do have a few announcements to make. First of all, a big thank you to the members of the Astrology for Self-Care Club who are making this possible, as well as those who are providing a creator compensation donation. You can do so as well for as low as $5 a month. Now, our next meetup in the Astrology for Self-Care Club is on May 26th, and we're meeting on Zoom, and our theme for this meetup is mindfulness. And so mindfulness has been a really big and important practice in my own life, especially for cultivating peace of mind and for reducing anxiety. And mindfulness is also an evidence-based practice. And you'll see that this is a really great resource for Gemini and Mercury energy. Now, my next announcement is that I'm collaborating with Ariel and Raven from the Sacral Embodiment Collective for an embodied cycle wisdom class. So this is happening on June 16th via Zoom. And here we're combining or connecting your cycle, nervous system education, and guided intuitive movement to really connect with the seasons in you. So we'll be working with the elements of fire, earth, air, and water to really find the unique cyclical rhythms that you embody yourself. So I hope you join us. You can find more information and get your ticket on my website. The link will be listed below. Now, without further ado, let's get into Gemini Season's Cosmic Love Letter. Hello friends, this is your cosmic love letter for Gemini season 2022. So welcome to Gemini season, bienvenue à la saison Gémeaux 2021. The sun officially enters the storyteller of the zodiac on May 20th at 9.22 p.m. Eastern time. So in the northern hemisphere, when we're looking at the sun zodiac seasons, we know that this is Gemini season. So first and foremost, happy birthday or happy solo return to all you Gemini babes out there. I have a special place in my heart for Gemini because I myself have Gemini moon, so I can really relate to this energy. So as usual with all these cosmic love letters, I begin with a little bit of astro education to hone in on the energy and the lessons of the specific zodiac sign for this sun season. And then we're going to move into the other kind of 
astro highlights for Gemini season. Now, for those of you who are in the Astrology for Self-Care Club listening to this, I recommend that you follow along with the written version so that you can access the reflection prompts that I have for contemplation, as well as some tips for navigating the cycle of the universe. Okay, let's do this. So first of all, the evolutionary goal of Gemini is to find his voice and to be led by curiosity. So other words that we can associate to this is this sense of wonder and perception. So in order to fulfill this evolutionary goal, Gemini will have certain behaviors and strategies or approaches in order to do so. And one of the ways that we can have more information about this, the behavior behind um, Gemini's approach is to understand its planetary ruler. So in this case for Gemini, we're talking about Mercury. This is the planet of communication and learning for intellectually engaging with the world around us. So, you know, I think it's so important to consider that we are social beings and we have a survival need to connect with our environment. There's this big hype in, you know, the world that we need to be like independent and we need to love ourselves. And I think that's true to a certain extent. And after Taurus season, uh, which is like very focused on self-sufficiency, Gemini really invites us to connect to our social nature. And one of the ways it does that is through, you know, the faculties of the mind and language. So speaking of the faculties of the mind and the mental realm, um, Gemini is ruled by the element of air. So think about like anything that has to do with the social realm as well and helps us connect with with each other and, and the world around us through cognition. And it's not just this, it's also the mode of, of um, it's a mutable mo- modality. So this is the energy of adaptability. And if we're tapping this energy of Gemini, Mercury, you know, mutable air energy into life experiences, we're looking at the third house. This is the area of communication, of learning, of exchange of information, as well as siblings and extended family. So some of the mantras that I like to associate with Gemini to give us a little bit of like a, you know, focus or an affirmation is I am amazed by the universe. So Gemini is often associated to like the beginner's mind, which is a mindfulness practice is like, you know, viewing everybody as a teacher. And if we go even deeper than this into mantras, and I love this one personally, it's been, you know, a, a very important lesson for me in my life is to know that I deserve to be heard and my voice matters. So as we move through um, Gemini season, keep these mantras close to your heart or in your mind and remind yourself that, you know, even though you may have had situations, maybe when you were young or in the world still, where you don't feel like what you have to say matters, know that it does. And ultimately connecting with Gemini and Mercury can help us really, um, you know, connect with that part of us that has a story to, to tell and Um, is worthy of being heard. So to kind of um, tie this all together in terms of like qualities and personality traits, someone who is, you know, strong in Gemini energy is communicative, witty, intelligent, friendly, sociable, curious, and open-minded. These are very common traits associated to Gemini. And, 
you know, every every cone has two sides. So it also has a potential to be in shadows. Um, and some of the shadows are flakiness, uh, scattered, distorting the truth, and this sense of disassociation from the body and confusion. Now, I'm going to be talking about all these points in terms of astro education in a little bit more detail, but it's important to realize that, you know, we are human beings with nervous systems and some of these shadows are as a result of trauma and um, pain and experiences that we've that we've had in our lives. So I really invite this um, perspective of self-compassion and my intention with bringing this forth to you is to help you gain greater awareness on your behavior and you know what you feel so that you can feel so that you can have this sense of validation and empowerment through self-awareness. Now last thing here too um, every sign has like an opposing sign right so if you think about the aspects which are geometrical angles in astrology uh, an opposition is a 100 degree or 180 degree angle between two signs. And in this case, the opposing sign for Gemini is Sagittarius. Um, so we can understand more information about the two because they both sit on the axis of information and learning. And this becomes much more important when we're looking at the full moon um, for the sun zodiac seasons. So I like to see each zodiac sign in comparison to its preceding and like, its preceding signs and the signs that like follow it. You know, we can try to learn about the zodiac signs in isolation, but they're all part of an interconnected web. So from this perspective, if we think about, you know, Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. This is the initial spark and the willpower to get the fire started. So we're at a bonfire right now. Aries is like, okay, we're going to spark this up. <laughs> Where the matches, we need to like, you know, get our muscles into it and really set ourselves up. So the spark has started. Then Taurus, which is the second sign of the Zodiac, provides the patience, work ethic, and resources to keep the fire going so that we can relax and enjoy the snacks, right? That's pretty much what it's all about. <laughs> and it's like, without that, like, you know, without those resources and the wood and the, the patience, like we, the fire would just go out. And eventually, you know, when the fire is going and we're relaxing, we're enjoying snacks, Gemini is the wind that fans the flames. You know, we actually need some sort of combustion between the elements, between air, with the um, Aries air and the Gemini, uh, or the Aries fire and the Gemini air, you know, that has that kind of combustion element. And Gemini is also the social campfire storytelling vibes. You know, so it's like, I love seeing those three, the three first um, zodiac signs in that kind of analogy because it really depicts beautifully how they can work together. Um, and I don't know about you, but I love hearing stories um, and like talking with people around a campfire. Now, from a psychological perspective, the twins of the zodiac. So remember, this is the sim one of the symbols for for Gemini is the twins. So. From a psychological perspective, the twins of the zodiac compel us to tap into the functions of the mind. So as I mentioned, this is the air element. And Mercury, Gemini's ruling planet, refers to the faculties that allow us to perceive the stimuli in our environment. It allows us to interact and connect with our, our surroundings. It's also the nervous system, cognition, thoughts, speech, language, communication, social skills, travel, and technology. Um, you know, we can only 
<laughs> encapsulate Mercury and each sign, each component in astrology, um, like so much in, in a distinct way because they're so infinite. Uh, but again, like Mercury is the planet that helps us connect with our environment. So look to your Mercury sign and see, you know, what qualities that ha- that sign has, because this will help you gain awareness of the ways you naturally approach these functions. So even though, you know, you might not have any planets in Gemini, well, the ruling planet of Gemini is Mercury and we all have a Mercury sign. And regardless, like you will be impacted by the sun's journey in Gemini in your chart in some way, shape or form because it interacts with the rest of your chart. So if you want some more information about how this impacts you personally, feel free to message me. We can book a reading and talk about that in more depth. Nonetheless, I love learning about each zodiac sign because they have such deep philosophical teachings about life. So as I mentioned, Gemini can help us adopt a beginner's mind and understand that like everything has so we there's so much to learn about everything on the opposite end of the spectrum, like um, Sagittarius, although it's very open to like foreign experiences and like um, new information that can shock the mind and can kind of have a tendency to think like it knows everything um, and like it has like really rigid beliefs about things. But Gemini is like, there's not enough time for that. It's like, there is just so much to learn. And so if we can, uh, you know, adopt every or look at every situation from the perspective of a child that's like so ripe for learning we're really connecting with the with the energy of Gemini. So think back to when you were young and you know when your mind was so open for learning and your perception of the world began to shape to take um, shape unconsciously. Um, and like at a certain point too, when we're really young, like we have no no choice. Um, and because we need to learn like we need to learn language. Right. So this is like the unco- this is an idea of like the unconscious processes that can begin to shape take place in in the brain when our language faculties and skills are being developed. So it's like that permeability or that adaptability of Gemini is really also associated to like neuroplasticity, which is the ability of the brain to change and to learn. So the same applies when you're a student. And I'm a student right now and I love it. <laughs> like going back to school has been like such a great decision for me. I wish I could be in school forever. And I think that speaks a lot to my Gemini moon. I have an emotional need to, for like intellectual stimulation and to constantly be learning. And in fact, Gemini carries the energy of an eternal student with an unquenchable thirst for novelty and and um, stimulation of the mind. So whether that's through books or experiences or compelling conversations or any form of like information that it like Gemini can consume will consume because ultimately like there's not there's only so much time and there's so much to learn. <laughs> so people with Gemini energy will get it. Some people might not get it or like they might be like okay my information like it's information overload and trust me Gemini can definitely get to that point and this is why you know mindfulness is so important to help us understand our edges and to not get confused or disassociated from our bodies if you know we we surpass our capacity for taking in information so you know on one hand Gemini shows up when we're curious social communicative open-minded eager to learn and willing to share our thoughts with our environment and to use our voice and you can also connect to the energy of like 
a child that's like wide eyed and is just so, you know, will, like blunt with like sharing their opinion on things or just like so open to learning. And there is this inherent like playfulness and like um, naive, naivety. I'm not sure if I said that word right, but this quality of being naive. Um, but that that's also like just so beautiful as well, because it it testifies to the fact that we can just like always be learning something. And I think in my perspective, it's really refreshing and it's kind of like the wind um, in that way. Now, in its shadow, um, just in a little bit more detail from what I said earlier, is Gemini shows up when we are overly intellectual, when we are talking without listening, when we're dispersed in all directions, and when we're disassociated from our bodies or anxious due to a hyperactive mind. And I just think about how like we're really in the age of information um, with like technology and such. And there's just like there's so much stimulation with the mind. And it's it, it has definitely some benefits to it. But I know for myself that it's like information overload with the amount of information that we have access to. So um you know, anxiety and feeling, you know, like our minds are so active with thoughts is something that is so prevalent in our day and age. And so being able to work with Gemini energy in its full spectrum of expression can help us become more aware of when we need to get back into our window capacity where we feel grounded, engaged, connected to our bodies and safe. So coming back to the modalities and the elements here, every air sign is concerned with the mental and social realms. So now we're talking about Gemini, but if you look about like its um, sister and brother signs, uh, Libra and Aquarius, we're all about the intellect and social connection. Now, specifically, when we um, apply that air energy to mutability, we know that every air sign is here to learn about something. It's here to learn and adapt. So it has this inherent flexibility about it. And this like moving or changing kind of quality. So like I said, like the wind, you can't grasp it. It's constantly changing. And when it's mutable air, as in the case of Gemini, we're really here to learn and adapt the mind. So in many ways, Gemini represents psychology and mental health. And, you know, since I started school, I've been like steeped in that. And I've had a considerable amount of education and training in this realm and just learning, like the brain learning about itself. And then me you know, taking the time to write this cosmic love letter is just like, it really reminds me of neuroplasticity, Gemini does, and how the brain has the ability to change. And also how like the the mind is, you know, its nature is to be constantly moving and, 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 and changing like the wind. Now, um, with, with that being said, there are definitely practices to help reach more clarity of mind and to have, again, like peace of mind. So a few reflections here too is like, you know, consider where Gemini energy is in your birth chart and what house 
it's activating because this will give you more information about like the experiences that you might encounter with this energy. As I said, it's also really great to look to your Mercury sign um, to see like how you naturally perceive the world, how you, like, you think and how you communicate. And also to see if you have any planets in the third house. So this will give you a much bigger understanding about how this energy really plays out for you. And again, take the next step would, will be to look at the transits and also any aspects in your natal chart. So let's move on to the astrology transits that I'm highlighting for Gemini season. And again, as I always mention, there's always so much going on in astrology. And so um, I've just chosen a few that I'd like to speak more on that I feel are uh, relevant to this season. And so here we are looking at how the movement of the sun, moon, and planets activate specific themes. And, you know, more specifically, these interact with your birth chart, which is the blueprint of your psyche. So I'm really presenting a general horoscope of astrological energies. Um, but as I said, like you can get so much more information by looking at your own birth chart. And in my experience, the birth chart really comes to life with your experience. And so this is where your story is such a gift. And um, I would be so happy to connect with you in that way. And in the meantime, I really hope that this um, next section on the transit highlights will be helpful for you. So Gemini season is between May 20th to June 21st, 2022. And here I'll be using Eastern time zone. So the first thing that I want to talk about here is, um, you know, after the sun's move, like entrance into Gemini, a few days after that on May 22nd, Mercury retrograde enters Taurus. So just to give you a little reminder, on March 10th, Mercury, the planet of communication, turned retrograde in Gemini. So it started its retrograde period in Gemini on, May, on March 10th. Or I actually, I think this might be the wrong date. I'll have to double check with you. Um, and I apologize for that. I think it may have been April 10th because March seems a little bit far off. But anywho, <laughs> we know that Mercury is currently retrograde. And when Mercury retrogrades, we find that the circuits of information slow down. And the purpose of that is to help us review our thought and communication patterns. So most people find this very frustrating and it's frustrating when things don't go according to the same speed that you're normally used to. And I know for myself, I've had several, you know, information, technology, travel kind of incidences. I know my partner Phoenix has too. We're both studying online currently. So it's really pre prevalent. And when planets are, re are, are retrograde, they appear to be moving backwards through the zodiac. And in this way, we're revisiting terrain we've already explored in the past. So think about how Taurus actually comes before Gemini. And Mercury retrograde was in Gemini. I think it was like three or four degrees. And as Mercury station or, or retrogrades into Taurus into June 23rd, it invites us to focus our minds on the more practical and sensual sides of life. So think about like Mercury and Gemini, something it's a very quick paced. And then once it enters like Taurus, there's a much more slowing down of the circuits than it already was for like a retrograde. 
So I wonder if you find that like your capacity for information reduces during this time or like you're really compelled to like, you know, following the rhythm of nature. And I love that analogy because like nature in time, like it's not in a rush. It just, it goes with the, the natural rhythms. So we can learn a lot about like connecting to the pace of nature during this time. And thankfully like Mercury helps us perceive that. So it will retrograde all the way back to 26 degrees of Taurus. And then later on, it will um, turn direct, which will, you know, then it will go back through Gemini and again, like revisit terrain we've already uh, already explored. So I think it's really important to know, like when we've reached a state of information overload, and especially when I think about like Mercury and Taurus, it's like, what helps us bring peace of mind? Again, Taurus is like this quality of like calm and peace and grounding. And when we apply that to the functions of the mind, I think this is like what the lesson is. It's like, what does, what brings you peace of mind? Now, next on May 24th, Mars, the planet of action, and aggression enters Aries, which is its home sign, and also makes a conjunction later on with Jupiter, the planet of expansion. So Jupiter, the planet of expansion, meets up with Mars, the planet of action and aggression. That's like, and, and Aries too, fairy Aries. That's like, that's big energy. So we can see that like, one of the most predominant energies of Gemini season is actually this, this Mars and, or this Aries energy. So we have a lot of fire energy, and Mars is at home in, in Aries. So like I said, this is very powerful territory. And it's Venus is also in Aries. So this is a planet of relationships. So there's this quality in the cosmos right now that's really getting us to like, like muster up the courage and be direct and to also maybe meet those fiery emotions such as like anger and frustration, rage, and to really process them in healthy ways perhaps. And on like a really positive note, the part of your chart that contains Aries is getting sparks of like renewal, inspiration, action, confidence, and motivation. So you may have actually been feeling that for a little bit because Jupiter has been traveling in Aries for a little bit. I know for myself, uh, this is activating my third house of communication and learning. And like, I feel so inspired in that area. I'm definitely getting opportunities in that. So depending on your relationship with Mars and Aries, you may also be feeling like extra spicy, maybe even like impulsive, direct and, and dangerous during this transit. So ultimately you have opportunities to stand up for yourself and develop courage. And this often requires stress and getting outside your comfort zone. So if you think about like how the goal of Aries is to develop courage, it has to go through some sort of like stress or some sort of like uncomfortable situation. And this is where like, perhaps it's like we might ask ourselves like which area of our of our of our lives is really demanding this this presence or this quality rather than using more of like the shadow aspects of areas we can choose to really focus on really on what matters so it's up to you to channel this energy in healthy ways and i wonder what this might look for you you know like what would it look like to take action or embody the warrior of the zodiac in healthy ways and by the end of Gemini season, Mars will conjoin Chiron, so fused with the wounded healer. 
So Mars, the planet of action and aggression with the wounded healer. So this points out to like wounds that we might have or like a healing journey that we're on personally and collectively. So I want to like remind you of the Aries new moon we had on April 1st. And that new moon was conjoined um, Chiron. It was also conjoined Mercury, the planet of communication. So if you write intentions, this would be a good time to like look back at what you wrote on the Aries new moon. And now that like Mars is in the equation, it's like time to heal the inner warrior by like following through with action in some way. You know, Mercury can maybe like be like the talk <laughs> or like the thoughts or like things that we're writing down. But now it's like, okay, how can you follow through with action? But Mars is also like, you know, a very instinctual primal kind of energy. So it also refers to like sex and like our, our kind of like primal drives. And in the nervous system, it, it re represents fight or flight. Um, and it's also information in the body. So this might highlight the ways we respond to stress and also provide opportunities for integrating fiery emotions like anger. Um, so I'm curious to see how this will show up in your life, also in my life and in the world. I'm really hoping that with the wounded healer there, that perhaps it's like, you know, the, the wisdom and the tools that we gain on our journey, it can be the key to healing and integration. Now, a little bit of change of pace here uh, to really ground down that fiery Aries energy and that expansive air of, um, of Gemini this season is on May 28th, Venus enters Taurus. So Venus is the planet of beauty, love, and relationships. So Venus is homecoming in Taurus, because it, it's at home in Taurus, it, it has the potential to be a real treat. <laughs> so Venus will transit uh, in its home sign of Taurus until June 22nd. And here we are invited to get down to earth and to ground into sensual pleasures. So this can be, this can look like in so many things. Um, but think about like, it's just like, Mm, it's like this pleasurable, sen like pleasurable, sensual, um, hands-on, practical, resourceful kind of energy. So this is a great time for gardening, connecting to pleasures in all its forms, and creating beauty through artistic expression. And this is such a treat too because, you know, it is the time for gardening, <laughs> and using your hands, connecting with the earth. And so you're, if you're into that, you're in for a really um, beautiful treat. And ultimately, if we're thinking about like social connection and relationships with Venus, Venus transits always call for some sort of restoration and assistance in whichever part of your chart it's activating. But it's really up to us to, you know, see those opportunities for what they are and to also open up ourselves to receive. Um, I think maybe Venus and Taurus can have like a side of like overindulgence um but it's and maybe that's like maybe that's what you perceive as like what you need for restoration and assistance but like does that really ultimately serve you for what you want to do and like how you want to feel um is it in alignment with like your your boundaries even right so it's kind of like if venus brings in this quality or, or opportunity for restoration and assistance how might you actually go about doing that 
This is also a really positive transit for um, manifestation or abundance in the material physical realm because v Venus is like value. It's what we it's what we want. It's what we attract even. And in Taurus, Taurus is a physical earth sign. However, this won't come with any surprises as Venus will later conjunct Uranus, the planet of awakening and sudden changes, is also going to be meeting up with the North Node in the following weeks as well, which infuses our soul's evolutionary direction. So there is a karmic element to this. And so I think personally, you know, when you think about the North Node, um, the future and um, Uranus, which also is like innovation. I really hope that this is the energy of like liberating innovative technologies for sustainability and like for um, advocating for climate change and really connecting to the earth itself. Like I think Venus and Taurus is like, you know, connection to our, our physical bodies, but m even deeper than that, our connection to the body of the earth, which is like our, the, our mother. So, you know, blending those energies together hopefully uh, brings that most um, spark of like progressiveness for, for the Earth Mother and also for our bodies. So on a personal level, I also hope that this is like an awakening or a liberation of the erotic wisdom of the body. Now, a few days, uh, so a few days after that, just on May 30th, we have the new moon at nine degrees of Gemini. So this strikes at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. And it's a really beautiful way to wrap up the end of May uh, or the month of May. And every new moon is like a really powerful opportunity for tuning inwards and, and, and setting intentions, really connecting to the inner wisdom. And it actually has, um, it activates a 10 day portal. So over the, the 10 days following the actual onset of the new moon, I really encourage you to reflect upon like how you're feeling, where you're at currently and where you want to see yourself or what you want to manifest, what you want to work on and focus on over the next one to six months. So connect within and allow yourself to be connect or to be inspired by the storyteller of the Zodiac, right? It's like, okay, you, you can just look at the new moon on its own. Okay, new beginning, setting intentions. But it's like, how might that be infused with the teachings of Gemini? So again, you can look at your birth chart for more information. Um, it will be <laughs> much more detailed and specific in that way. But allow yourself to be curious about what shows up. And I always think about this as like, you know, this quality of being heard and validated, um, this shows up so much in my sessions with people. And within us, there is an inner child or a young version of ourselves, you know, that was like, hey, look at me, I'm here, like, love me, like, listen to me. And I think one of the things that we do in terms of like social beings is that we share our stories to be heard, to be validated, to know that we're not alone. So I wonder how that archetype or that um, that energy shows up for you because Gemini teaches us the medicine of sharing our stories. And I think there's this like there's this idea that we need to be able also to like put ourselves in people's shoes and be able to like imagine what it is to feel someone's reality. But Gemini 
does like approaches that situation by like inquiring about how people feel not by like assuming how people feel or like intuitively empathetically knowing how people feel but by like asking by like hearing someone's story and this is so important in, in rebuilding um our collective in terms of you know social justice and equality and from a place of love Gemini can really teach us about this quality of everybody being a teacher so even more specifically with this new moon it forms an exciting sextile aspect to Mars the planet of action and Jupiter the planet of expansion so remember I talked about that like conjunction of Mars and Jupiter earlier and Aries well this new moon will be making an exciting aspect to that so if you you look at a birth chart, it's like those green lines. Those are 60, 60 degree angles. And it's kind of it's like an exciting kind of energy. Think about like teenage love. <laughs> it's like these like quick sparks. So picture Gemini air with Aries fire. This is like comp- combustion. And the moon's perceived darkness symbolizes the process of turning inward so we can quiet the outside noise and connect to our inner voice. So it'd be curious to see like what, you know, what voices are in your head, who's speaking and like, can you connect to that like inner child part of you that has something to say? Um, And perhaps, you know, finding out what they need. And this quality of turning inwards is also so important when it comes to observing your thought patterns and rewriting the story you tell yourself. So this is going to be also coming full circle on the the following full moon. And, you know, just a couple of reflection questions. It's kind of like, first of all, which areas of your life could benefit from wonder and curiosity? That's like the Gemini part of it. And also if we add in that like that Aries energy is like how can you more boldly speak your truth? And I think there's the quality of like Aries that helps us understand that like we, we you know we deserve to take up space. We deserve to be heard. So it's kind of like merging those two energies together can be like really exciting during this time. So I know that this transit is probably anticipated by many people. (laughs) On June 3rd, Mercury stations direct at 26 degrees of Taurus. So even though Mercury stations direct on June 3rd, there's what's called a shadow period of about 10 days before and after a planet actually turns retrograde. So this is like a gradual uh, acceleration in the circuits of information. So, um... Shortly after um, Mercury turns direct, the cosmic messenger Mercury will re-enter its home side sign of Gemini on June 13th. So then we're going to really be seeing, um, you know, the, the thoughts going at full speed and things will be returning back to relative normality. Now on June 4th, Saturn turns retrograde through October 23rd. So in contrast to um, faster moving planets like Mercury, like the outer slower moving planets like Saturn actually stay retrograde for a relatively long time. So it's a long period of time. So think about how like from June 
4th to October 23rd, Saturn will be retrograde. So because it's retrograde for such a long period of time, these, the like the transits of the slower outer moving planets or the, the slower outer planets have a more profound lasting impact. So on June... So on, in June, Saturn, the planet of challenge, will begin its retrograde journey where it will move backwards all the way to 18 degrees of Aquarius. So again, it's going back into territory it's already visited. So just to say it really briefly, this transit invites us to view, review and reassess our inner authority. So at this point, I'm really thinking like self-parenting. And I know like I'm currently going through my Saturn return and this has been like a huge theme for me is this quality of like maturity and responsibility. And so although Saturn is associated with limitations and restrictions and it also has like a, a bad rap um, and people tend to be like really scared of it, which is interesting because Saturn placements often <laughs> connect to what we're scared of. These functions of Saturn are so important for like stability and grounding and resources and also for like maturity and responsibility so it's like you know we need boundaries to be able to take care of ourselves and to like make sure that we are going um forth our goals and so this is like a really great time to like you know review or assess your relationship with your inner authority and like the relationship between your inner child and inner parent and ultimately, like, even though it might bring some, like, challenges, like, when Saturn turns retrograde, it's, like, an inwards focus. Any retrograde is, like, the function of those planets turn inwards. So I think, like, ultimately, it can be a really empowering transit. Now, last but not least, on June 14th, we have the full moon at 23 degrees of Sagittarius. This strikes on or at 7.52 a.m. Eastern time. So the full moon in Sagittarius um, is actually forming a square to Neptune, the planet of spirituality. And with everything that we've mentioned, I really feel like this full moon is a highlight. Maybe the highlight, it might be the highlight of every month, honestly. Um, because like every transit isn't necessarily like an isolated event. It's like it's we really need to see the chart as an, inter an interconnected web. Um, and they, they all work together. So the work that you've done during Mercury retrograde, along with your new moon reflections and this like expansion that we are undergoing in the territory of Aries, plus Venus's um homecoming and Taurus grounding us into the sensations of the body and then Saturn retrograde it's a it really funnels and coalesces on this full moon and I believe this transit invites us to see the interaction between our thoughts and the way we speak and the beliefs we perceive as truth so again think about Gemini is like the thoughts we speak or the thoughts in our minds and how we speak but those thoughts are, they're funneled through this like lens of our cultural worldview. And until we really look at them, it's like, th that's like the truth, right? It's like the, unco the unconscious information that we gathered in childhood through the media, through our surroundings. It gives us a perspective 
or a view or beliefs on uh, about life. And that shapes how we think about ourselves, how we think of others, how we interact with the world. So like I said, like our beliefs are often shaped by our experiences, by the social context and the information we unconsciously gather. And this full moon can also highlight like our spiritual beliefs and faith and how we connect with a higher power. And I wonder if this can like really illuminate like what we believe. And ultimately we want to make sure that like the story that we tell ourselves, the story that we tell the world really align with like our values. And that goes with Venus and Taurus as well. And to be able to like take this stand on our own is something that takes a lot of courage because again, we are social beings and we have a survival need to connect with the world. And so keep in mind that like every full moon is illuminated in its completion and its fullness because it's in opposition to the sun. So we can never separate the moon from the sun like ever really, they have such an intimate connection. So as the Gemini sun opposes Sagittarius, the moon and Sagittarius, they form what's called a T-square aspect. So think about how there's like a 90 or 180 degree aspect between the sun and the moon. And then between them, um, a quarter each way, we have 90 90 degree angle on each side. So this forms what's called a T-square. And the energy is really challenging. And that T-square planet is is, um, asking some sort of like conflict to be resolved. And in that, and specifically, we're we're working with the energy of Neptune. This is a planet of spirituality in compassionate Pisces. So if you think back to like April, we had that once in a lifetime transit. It was the the conjunction between Jupiter and and Neptune. It's kind of, I wonder if this energy, like this, like T-square is kind of highlighting some things here once again with this energy of Neptune. And squares are challenging because they require awareness. And I love I love focusing on squares for this reason because it's like they they are in they don't they have no choice but to be dealt with because they're uncomfortable. They like demand that we acknowledge them. And it also requires some sort of action for working out conflicts that arise. And I think that this means growth. So we can view the sun as our ego identity and the moon as our subjective emotional body. And the nep- the Neptune that's like in between them within a square aspect is the work that needs to be done to find some sort of compromise. So if we think about how like the Gemini, Gemini and Sagittarius sit on the axis of information, they're actually very intellectually involved. So very much within like the mind. On the other hand, Pisces is about the heart and soul. So it's like... <laughs> It's like we try, we might try to figure out everything out with like debates <laughs> or like with information or facts or words, but it's like, what about the heart? What about the soul? Like, what does that have, like, what can that tell us? And I believe Brene Brown conceptualizes this energy so beautifully in her book, Atlas of the Heart. I can't believe how perfect this timing was for me getting this book and like me and then also reflecting and writing this cosmic love letter. It's like unbelievable. Like (laughs) she states, language is our portal to meaning making, connection, healing, learning, and self-awareness. 
having access to the right words can open up entire universes. When we don't have a language to talk about what we're experiencing, our ability to make sense of what's happening and share it with others is severely limited. Without accurate language, we struggle to get the help we need. We don't always regulate or manage our emotions and experiences in a way that allows us to move through them productively and our awareness is diminished. Wow. So basically, Brene Brown is really talking about how like being able to have access to language and vocabulary to speak about emotions and our feelings and and experiences is so important. And I know firsthand experience and working with clients, I focus so much on emotional intelligence. And it's really, really hard to do that when we don't have the words to describe how we feel. Like, let alone for our own experience, but then to connect with others. So it's kind of like, this is like what I think is like this full moon and perhaps like the entire, like entire Gemini season is about. It's like, how can we find the language to share our stories, but like from the the heart and from the soul. And so that, that Neptune energy is like, it has the potential to be like confusing and like some sort of illusion, but ultimately it's kind of like when we can like really quiet the the noise and connect to a space where we can hear our heart. And, and also connect to our soul, that's really, really important. And that can allow us to, you know, connect the mind, body, and the heart. And so with all things considered, the, in, the intention that I'm offering for Gemini season is to speak the language of the heart. So we can use the energy of like these, this Aries stellium that we have. And a stellium is three or more planets in a certain sign. And so we can use this energy to cultivate the courage to meet the full spectrum of emotions that make up the human experience so that we can experience healing and create meaningful connections with ourselves, our relationships, and the world around us. Don't get me wrong. This is like brave, brave work. And um, Especially, like, if you've been in a situation where you have moons in the area of, like, Gemini in terms of, like, your voice not being heard and feeling like nobody cares what you have to say or, you know, expressing your emotions wasn't welcomed or talking about, like, your feelings, all these things. Like, being able to change those patterns and to to learn this language can be really challenging and also really triggering. But this is like that Aries energy can help us like really cultivate that courage and like move for the discomfort. And hopefully, you know, by learning um, our vocabulary to conceptualize our emotional experiences and how we feel um, that we can experience a lot of healing and, and connection. And this is what Brene Brown like really dedicates her entire book about. So I really recommend that you check out Atlas of the Heart. It's a beautiful, beautiful offering and a gift to the world. So I will leave you with one tip for navigating the cycle of the universe. Um, Of course, my Astrology for Self-Care Club members have full access to um, my offerings and my tips for this season. So if you're interested, you can, you know, join the club. I would love to have you. But in the meantime, here's a practice. This is a, this is a really practical thing. And 
I wonder if it would be beneficial to explore automatic journaling if you haven't already. And so automatic journaling is a practice where you write an unfiltered stream of consciousness. So it's kind of like a word dump. Some people call it a word vomit. And it's ultimately like an outlet for your thoughts. But it's also a really powerful way of becoming aware of your thought patterns. So maybe throughout like Alt-Gemini season or for like a few days a week or for the next few days, Try experimenting by doing like to by doing automatic journaling for like five to ten minutes or more each morning or night and see where it takes you. Um, and again, it's like it's also somatic, so it's an embodied experience because we're using you know the faculties of writing with the body to connect the mind with with the body. Um, and hopefully, you can really approach this practice from a place of compassion as well and. Um, of curiosity rather than, you know, criticism or thinking that there's a right way to do it. It's really a practice to, you know, get curious about your thoughts. I personally go for automatic journaling when my mind is really overactive or I need some sort of clearing or like I'm confused. Um, and it's a really great way to just connect with myself and to give my thoughts somewhere to go. It's particularly really helpful as well, like if you like have like a million and one things going through your mind before bed um, and when it's not this structured or you're not answering a specific question, you're just really allowing the mind to, to, and the thoughts to be what they are. So folks, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this cosmic love letter for Gemini season 2022. I would love to hear your thoughts and feelings about this. So feel free to send me a message. And if you loved this episode, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and share it with those that you love. So may we lead with curiosity, practice the art of not knowing, be kind with our words, share our stories, listen as much as we talk, journal our thoughts out, pick up a book we can't put down, and speak the language of the heart this Gemini season. I'm sending you so much love and may we take good care of ourselves this Gemini season and beyond. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much.